to the Red Dog Road Podcast, a program for people seeking a deeper perspective on the outdoors, sports, and personal performance. And now, here is your host, Nick Pinizzato. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Red Dog Road Podcast. This is episode one, and this is my second episode, and it's a little bit later than I was hoping for, and that's largely due to travel. I've had a busy couple of weeks here. Uh, I hope to have a more consistent schedule moving forward, but travel is just a reality in my life sometimes. But I was able to also take advantage of being on the road to get my interview for this week, and we'll get into that in a second. So what's been going on? Well, since the first episode was posted, as I said, I've been on the road a good bit. A couple big events that I was at that I go to every year first was the Archery Trade Association Trade Show. Uh, There was an article I posted on reddogroad.net about my favorite product there. You'll want to check that out. It's probably not what you're expecting, so uh, be sure to give that a read. But always at the ATA show, there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, A couple things that stood out this year that were sort of the talk of the show were the new blind by Primos. It's the 360 surround view blind where literally from the outside, you can't see anything in the blind. But from inside the blind, you can see all around you, even with with the covers down or with the fabric down. So it is really, really cool. And it's Uh, even clearer than what I expected. I saw the commercial going into the show, but then having gotten into the blind and looking around, it's actually a pretty clear view. So uh, you'll definitely want to check that out. And I know I wouldn't mind adding one of those to my arsenal for sure. And then the other big item was the new site from Garmin, uh, the new bow site from Garmin that pretty much tells you everything you need to do before you release that arrow. It gives you the distance, the angle, a whole bunch of cool things. And you can even connect that thing to your watch if you've got one of the Garmin smartwatches and it can lead you to where the to where you took the shot to locate your arrow. So technology definitely, definitely creeping into our outdoor sports more and more, and particularly archery. And I had a follow-up conversation with my friend Dan Johnson, who does the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Now, if you haven't ever heard that podcast, by the way, check it out. Nine Finger Chronicles. Dan is just a lot of fun, and he has a unique uh, way of doing his show. Talks a lot about products, gets a lot of sponsors, gives a bunch of stuff away. But I thought Dan would be the perfect person to follow up with after the ATA show on the Coffee and Deer show, which is a Facebook live show that I do for the National Deer Alliance. And you can find that by going to the National Deer Alliance Facebook page. But uh, we did the show with Dan talking about technology and how it has crept into the outdoors world and particularly archery. And like I said, we did that following up the ATA show. So it was, it was a good one. And I hope you'll get a chance to check that out. But then I had a week off. I had a chance to go out and get some fresh air, pull my trail cameras for the year. And one thing I want to point out about that, by the way, is this is the first year I fully committed to going to lithium batteries in these cameras. And I think it cost me a little over a hundred dollars to get started to get all my cameras filled with lithiums. And I got to tell you, they were out there since July. I pulled them in mid-January and those cameras were still full battery level, at least showing full battery level. So I'm going to continue to do that so I don't have to be changing alkaline batteries during the season. So that was a lesson learned and something I should have probably done long before this year. So at any rate, when I got some fresh air, got the cameras pulled, and then I headed out to Las Vegas for SHOT Show. And SHOT Show is just this monstrous event. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I went in with a cold and I left with a cold because you're out, you're trying to talk over loud music a lot of times in the evenings. There's smoke in the air in these casinos. Um, Just not a great environment for getting over a cold. But at any rate, I got to spend a lot of time with friends. I got to talk to a lot of different vendors. To me, the best product, by the way, there, and I'd mentioned this is a 
really, really cool event, and it's got all of the most amazing things. Matter of fact, I came across this tactical AR-style gun with that had a chainsaw in a place where you would have like a bayonet. So uh, just some crazy stuff that you see out there. But to me, the absolute best product was the Savage Model 110 rifle, which you can now totally customize with the butt plate that uh, you can do specific things for women uh, to meet their needs. And, and the reason I bring up the Savage Model 110 is number one, that's the model of rifle that my dad had purchased for me when I turned either 16 or 17. So it was my first real rifle that, that I could call my own. And this was uh, 25, 26 years ago. And I can tell you that the Savage Model 110 of 2018 doesn't look anything like it. It's just come so far. But the one thing that has stayed the same is that it remains affordable. So Savage rifles are just great shooting rifles. They're affordable. And the 110 now is customizable. And I just was really impressed with it. Matter of fact, I went back and handled the gun two or three times, which says a lot for someone who's not necessarily a, a, a big gun person. But at any rate, Savage Model 110. Uh, great gun and it, it make me I'm trying to think of ways that I need to add one to my gun case and then I also took advantage of being there to get an interview for this week's podcast with two girls hunting so let's go ahead and jump right into that uh, Morgan and Mason Baisley are twins from Northern California who have the social presence known as two girls hunting and I saw that they were going to be at the show and I've been following them for for some time back to my time when I was with the Sportsman's Alliance and them being from California, we had an office there and I was obviously paying attention to a lot of things going on there. And I thought, here are these two young girls that are really into hunting and posting on social media. And they're from California, which isn't the most hunter friendly state in the country. But at any rate, I saw that they'd be at the show and asked them if they'd be interested in doing an interview, which they absolutely were excited to do, which was great. And I ran, I uh, got to run with them with the Moose and the Loose 5K which, by the way, is probably a stupid thing to be doing. When you go into SHOT Show, one thing you do is you put a ton of miles on your feet. And we do this 5K. Uh, my friend Michelle Sherman and some others put this together every year uh, to run ahead of SHOT Show. But it's a cool way to get together. And I knew that Morgan and Mason were going to be there. I had a chance to meet their parents there as well. And, and we had a good time running running the 5K together. And I was immediately struck by their maturity. And I just knew that the interview was going to go well. And when I scheduled the interview, I even moved it around on them a couple of times. They were there right on time, which is, I can't always say that a lot of times when I'm setting up meetings with adults, but they were there right on time. And just a couple of things I want to point out about the discussion here before we get into the interview. And the first one is the very well-rounded education that these two are getting in Northern California. And we talk about the differences between Northern and Southern California there. So you'll, you'll, you'll hear that. And I think you'll find that very interesting as I did and the other thing is they're not seeking to be celebrities in any way, but they do recognize their roles as ambassadors in the outdoors. They've got a lot of confidence. They talk about their favorite hunting experiences. And, and again, pay attention to their answers here because the focus is totally on the experience and not what they killed on these hunts. You talk about duck hunting at a, a grandfather's club, deer hunting with their father, and ultimately about making memories and just such mature answers, but gets to the heart of what makes the outdoors so great and how they just impact us as, as human beings. As I thought their answers were amazing. And also the answer they give me when I ask them about attracting young hunters, because I don't think, matter of fact, I know we don't ask young people enough about what we can do to attract them to our outdoor sports. And I just thought that their answer was excellent there. So without further ado, let's go ahead and Listening to the interview, I'll give you a heads up that it's a little bit noisy in the interview in the interview room, excuse me, because there are no quiet rooms at SHOT Show, but I think it still turned out pretty well. So uh, let's go ahead and jump to the interview with 
Morgan and Mason Baisley. We are at the 2018 SHOT Show here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it is my pleasure to have Morgan and Mason Baisley from California here to talk about their experience hunting and also the two girls hunting, the name brand that you sort of developed for yourselves. Yeah. Even as young teenagers, you seem to be having a lot of fun with that, and I have been following the two of you, what you've been doing for quite a while, and I think it's probably through my own affiliation initially with the Girls With Guns and then the Sportsman's Alliance. Yeah. And I think that's probably where I first heard of you and have continued to follow you on the social media. And um, we've liked a few things back and forth. So it's been fun to watch you. And, and it's intriguing to me to see two twin girls, by the way. And, and, and you can't see this on the podcast, but you literally, if they didn't have name tags, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. So they really are identical. And uh, you like to have a lot of fun in the outdoors. So I thought I, when I saw you were coming to SHOT Show, you would be an ideal person to have here on the podcast so thank you for taking the time out running around getting autographs and all the things that you're doing thanks and uh, folks you'll hear some noise in the background here and this is shot show and i'm in one of the quieter rooms so there is not a quiet room to be had anywhere in this place so this is about the best we can do so apologize for the background noise so um that's enough of me talking i want to turn it over to you uh, ladies and ask you some questions and so this is this is your first shot show yes first thoughts when you walked in the door and saw just the entirety of this place holy cow this place is huge <laughs> with being three stories and then the fifth level being like the suppliers showings i thought it was overwhelming like there's a lot of people here yeah and like a lot of big name people that i've like always like remington like we shoot their guns like we're actually getting to meet them yeah so that yeah it's pretty cool you get to see some of the people behind the scenes yeah. of the, the equipment yeah, you definitely. use and you're sitting here and you got a, a photo an autograph photo of jim shockey you each got one and that's where you're at right before you came here so talk <laughs> about all the cool cool people that you've met so far um we've met tiffany lakowski um just met jim shockey we ran the moose on the loose with um girls with guns and you and um i was wondering if that was going to get worked in there because, <laughs> because if not we were going to cancel the podcast oh thanks <laughs> and we've just met a lot of cool um big name people which i'm so excited to see so yeah. we we actually had a chance to meet at the we did the moose on the loose 5k which seems like a silly thing that you would do at shot show because i, I can tell you this morning i hit my 10,000 steps 90 oh my minutes gosh. into my day um, so there's a lot of walking here, so it's a silly thing that we run this 5K, and, yeah. you, and you two are runners. We'll get into that yeah. in a minute, um, but you had a chance to meet some people there and get mm -hmm. some photos, and yeah. had, you had a good time. Yeah. Um, and also, I know there were a lot of ducks out there, and one thing oh I gosh. noticed is that the, the, the two of you were looking at the waterfowl and thinking about how you'd like to set up Trying some decoys. Trying to find the bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're true hunters for sure. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about that a second. Uh, tell me how you got started hunting. Is this something that was just in your family, or...? How did you get started? Um, we first started uh, hunting at a very young age with our dad who introduced us to dove, duck. He took us deer hunting uh, with him. Uh, well, we mainly got started hunting with our dad and grandpa out in the duck blinds down in Gridley, California. And so that's where our hunting adventures began. Then we started along with uh, dove. And then once we got to the age, deer hunting and then turkey. And so it's just kind of develop, developed from there and been really great. Yeah. And, that, and that's a lot of times we struggle with, I think we struggle as an industry recruiting young hunters. We'll get into that in a minute. But it's interesting to me that you said that you hunted 
doves and waterfowl because those are two things that you don't have to necessarily sit there for hours and be yeah. quiet. Yeah. They're very social, right? Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could stand out in the open wearing blue jeans, <laughs> no camo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they were. It makes sense that you would start out with those sports, and I think your dad and your, your grandfather had that had that right. So they yeah. knew what they were doing. So you grew up with it. Yeah. Uh, which is important, and not everybody gets a chance to grow up with it. We'll talk about that. But so you live in California. Yes. And to most of the world, California is this exotic <laughs> place where all the crazy people are that don't like hunting, right? Yeah. But you live in Northern California, which I'm familiar with, and there is this. For those of you listening who have never been to California or don't really understand the landscape there, there's pretty much a true divide from Sacramento North and Sacramento South in terms of outdoors. So if you're in Sacramento or North, tell me about your school. A lot of people hunt there, right? Uh, yeah. We go to Foothill High School and mostly everyone there wears boots, drives trucks, <laughs> and they're very um, involved with the outdoor community. Yeah, and most honestly, all of our friends we go hunting with them and it's just it's really great to grow up in a community that you share some of the same involvements yeah, with so it's not weird at all that no. you two are hunters there <laughs> no. it's expected right yeah yeah everyone basically hunts there so it's kind of cool yeah. yeah. So in California, folks, they're listening. There is there is actually real hunting there. <laughs> and um, and I can tell you, having spent a lot of time in that area, in the Redding area in particular, which is close to where you live, um, people are really into hunting there. And you don't know if you're in the middle of, of uh, Kentucky or if you're in the middle of California, which is cool. But then the other challenge, though, is that when you go from there south, it's completely a different world. Mm -hmm. And have you ever experienced any challenges there? Have you ever a lot of times the latest thing to do is to bother people online who hunt. Have yeah. you ever experienced any of that? Uh, a while back, we actually haven't experienced some people like throwing negativity out like um, on us hunting. Telling and, like, us that we shouldn't, basically giving us threats, death threats, telling us that we shouldn't, um, that we shouldn't enjoy what we do mm -hmm. because it's, it's a negative sport. Yeah, but then we've also had some very, uh, some very uh, um, encouraging people. Like when we did get the threats of the negativity, we had like girls with guns and other followers like stand up for us, and I think that was really great because they shared or, yeah. we shared the same um, likes. And when one of us gets negative negativity thrown at us, we all come together and like throw positivity <laughs> of hunting back at the negative people. Yeah, and I think it's important that you had a, you had some options, right? You could have been upset about it and you could have yeah. just said, we're going to give up, yeah. mm -hmm. but you didn't do that. And instead it's probably made you more steadfast yeah. in the fact that you're going to be a hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Thanks for hanging in there for sure. Because I think it does scare some people away and it's unfortunate because um, I've had a chance to meet your, your parents and clearly <laughs> you've, you've been brought up very well. And I'm sure that you were taught that just because you don't agree with what someone does, then that doesn't mean you get in the way of them doing it. And then yes. whenever that's forced upon yeah. you, very difficult, right? Yeah. Um, so you two, you're, you're, you're legitimate hunters. You're really into it. I see all these pictures you have on social media and it's smile ear to ear. <laughs> and I can tell that it's something that's always on your mind and something that you talk about, which is a really cool thing. Uh, what are some of the other things though that you're into? Um, we are participating on our school's cross-country and track teams. We love to run. 
Um, that's one of our other second passions. <laughs> and also, um, we're also starting a trap trap team with our school. This is going to be the first year we're starting it. Wow. It's going to come up this spring. And so that's going to get a lot more involvement along with how we have the country school. And that's another thing that we like as well. Um, with involved with our school, what else we like to do? Um, we're involved in mechanics. So we um, weld, build wooden sculptures, birdhouses. <laughs> And we're also involved in our school's fire tech program where we learn about the control of a fire and basically becoming firefighters. Yeah. And also the, you have a farming background. Oh yeah, yeah we yeah. do. Uh, we do FFA, we raise swine, which is coming up soon. We get our pigs next month, which is really cool. Yeah. Have you raised pigs before this? Yeah, oh, this you is have. gonna be our, our eighth year raising pigs. Yeah. So this is really cool because how many people do you think in Southern California are getting these similar type of opportunities? Very uh, slim, not much. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about, and I know you're only, you're 17, right? So yeah. you have your, your whole lives ahead of you. <laughs> but as you think about things like you're gonna be deciding on a major, you're gonna go to college, thinking about careers, mm -hmm. isn't it much better to grow up and learn all of these things that you're mm -hmm. into and learning and make, to make you much more well-rounded to prepare you for the, for the rest of your life? Yeah, definitely. So it's a, it's a bit of a blessing, I guess, to, to yeah. grow up where you are. Yeah, that's true. And it's not that we're trying to speak badly of those who don't have those opportunities, because if they don't have, they just don't have the opportunities. Yeah. And it would almost be a, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, it would almost be a cool thing if you could do an exchange and yeah. you each spend a few months on each mm -hmm. other's side of the state and you could learn yeah. some of the things that, that, that they learn, you may not learn in the countryside and, and vice versa. So uh, yeah. that's just something to think about, um, but, but that's really cool. So. Thinking about that going forward, though, and the people that don't get the opportunities. Now, the two of you are, uh, you're, you're very mature, you're very confident and well-spoken. I see you go right up to celebrities that you never met before, <laughs> and you're able to talk with them and have a, yeah. a good conversation. So do you see yourselves as ambassadors going forward, at, at people that you can encourage people to be out there? How do you see yourselves in all of this? Um, well, right now we're kind of going with the flow of what's going on not really sure what's up for us in the future but yes i could say we can become ambassadors for um really anything at the moment because we do have um we know how to present ourselves and we know how to um like we're really good at public speaking so we're able to influence people with what's right or what's wrong in the hunting community and stuff yeah, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. It's almost talking to one, like talking to one person here. Mm -hmm. You guys are so. In, in, you have the so, same thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you have the same thoughts, which is you know might be scary. I don't know, <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, and, and you folks listening, you can't see it, but uh, it's very true. And and um, Morgan and Mason will look you right in the eye when they're talking to you. So uh, better spoken than most uh, most. Not that you're not adults, but you know, most almost. adults. Yeah, you're almost you're almost real people. We made the joke right the other day. So. Um, and no, so I think, so you didn't really set out to start anything with two girls hunting. It's just something that kind of evolved. Yeah, and, and it, it progressed once we kind of, um, when we reached out to people and they took our information, I feel like I did something for, I did something right because people are using our information to better themselves and better what they do. So it's really, you're just going to go with the flow and see yeah, where it goes. Yeah. And, but here you are at SHOT Show and you got to participate in a special event while you were here. You want to talk about that for a second? 
or didn't you? Was there there was a, a function with that had some of the other lady hunters here? Oh, oh that's uh, gonna be earlier today. Oh, that's today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we're just gonna get the chance to speak with some very well intelligent. Known, yeah, well known, intelligent. Uh, because you don't want to talk problem. to dumb people, right? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> but yeah, so that will be a great experience for us to get to know uh, more women in the, in the outdoor community and to get to know and to learn from them yep. and their experience. I think that's the right attitude too. It's, you're, you're all <laughs> learning from each other, right? We're all learning yes. from each other. Uh, so we'll, let's switch gears a little bit and just, we'll get into the hunting. So you could go anywhere and hunt right now. What are your favorites? And I want to get separate answers from each, each of you. You might be, might have the same answer, but Morgan, where would, where would you go? Where would, uh, go? where would I go in the future? Right now. Like if oh. you could go anywhere right now, based on, um, what, based on what you've already hunted. So all the things okay. you hunted right now. Um, I would go back to our club in Gridley. My grandpa owns a duck hunting club along with um, a few other people on this one stretch of road. But... Um, we always go there every weekend during duck season, and it's always a fun um, fun area to be in because there's kind of no rules, and we're just having fun shooting together with family, being with, being together, which is what I like to do. So it's not even, so we're talking about the experience and not necessarily just shooting ducks, right? That's just yeah. part of it. Yeah. Honestly, if I had to go anywhere in the world, I'm sorry, Grandpa, but I would go like... <laughs> Like to Alaska and like shoot this like big moose or like. So you're thinking in the future you want to go for the yeah, big no, stuff. Yeah, no, this is based on right now. Oh, based on right now. Yeah. Well, it's, but we'll oh. do both. We'll do both. So your dream hunts to go to Alaska and take down a a, a giant brown bear probably. <laughs> but but beyond that, things uh, you've already hunted. What's your favorite? Oh well, things. Uh, probably deer hunting with my dad. Yeah. Because I like wake waking up in the mornings, uh, watching the sunsets, and just like watch nature do its thing yeah very cool very cool yeah. so what would what would your dream hunt be um i would love to go to canada and sh and um go moose hunting moose. moose so you guys want the big stuff see yeah. I, I get it you don't have a lot of moose running around california <laughs> no. to yeah, hunt, no. so um so tell me about one of your favorite outings that you can recall now you had already mentioned going to duck camp yeah. but is there a particular outing that stands out to you that was just more memorable and, than than others maybe well most of my memories are from duck hunting because that's the one species that we all hunt together. Deer hunting, uh, we could go every other weekend. It's kind of time consuming to go deer hunting. Um, dove hunting, there's a small portion of time that you're able to go. But duck hunting, which is um, months spread out um, from each other, which we just have a great time no matter what we're doing together. We're always making memories. Anything different? Um, You're allowed to have the same answer, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, along with her, spending time with family, just being down there, making memories, that's that's probably my answer as well. Well, I think that's a great answer because that's what it's all about. I always tell people that, people that don't hunt especially, I say that pulling the trigger or releasing an arrow is the smallest part yeah. of what it's all about. And yeah. it sounds like you would agree with that. Yes. So what's on the agenda going forward for Two Girls Hunting? Is it is it truly just kind of ride the wave or, or do you see some specific things in the future you might be doing? Or um, It's kind of just riding the wave right now because whatever um, people throw at us will be able to uh, react to what they're doing. And we're just 
going with the flow and what's going on in like the hunting community. Things are constantly changing, especially in California with the new laws. And also, we're heading off to college in a, two years, so that'll definitely affect yeah. what we're going to be doing in the future. So let me ask you about that. You still plan to hunt when you go off to school? Do you have any idea where you're going to go yet, what you're going to study? Um, well, we've looked at a couple hunting-based community um, communities like um, Colorado or Montana or um, Oregon. That would be really nice. The um, ducks, right? You like yeah. the ducks, you can go be the ducks. Um, actually, Eastern Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're also, we're looking at uh, colleges more with like hunting backgrounds. Hunting backgrounds and also uh, some of them that we're looking at has uh, chop clubs. And so that's one thing that we enjoy to do. And so we'd like to further our adventures with that. Very cool. Now, are you planning to go together? Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's cool though because I noticed out there running you guys also have a little competition going mm -hmm. so you compete yeah. with each other but you also seem to get along great too. Yeah. Our life, it's kind of, we compete a lot but at the end we're always kind of like friends again, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you push we're, each other. We're yeah. enemies on the field but friends in the end. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. So let me ask you, uh, this is a question that uh, maybe you've thought about, maybe not a lot, but one of the things I see in our outdoors industry is older people like me, and people even quite a bit older than me, um, really struggle to introduce young people to hunting. So as, a, as young people, what are some things that you think that we're missing? Like, what, are, what are we missing? Why is it that we're having trouble getting young people interested in hunting? I have realized that... Um Time is a big factor because a lot of people don't have enough time to be able to go out and go hunting because their week and weekends are filled with activities that um, don't involve hunting. So if we were to be able to make time up, go for a weekend, and get um, get the youth, the younger generation, a great first hunt, I think that would be a ticket. So time-consuming. Yes. I like what you said uh, before we started it about the media and uh, social media and like getting stuff out there. Oh, and how the um, younger generations focused on their phones and electronics. We need to be able to advertise hunting maybe through um, through the phones, um, like advertising a store or a certain brand of clothing, hunting chemical clothing or. Um, just anything in general. So has anybody ever just called you up and said, hey, how can we help get more people into hunting? Or is this the first time someone's asked you? Um, it's kind of the first time. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the problem, right? And that's not, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but it's something that I see. We, meaning the older crowd here, we should not be deciding what those things are. We should be asking you yeah. what those things are. And, and, and the thought occurred to me too, because there's so much the whole selfie generation. And yeah. I see people that take a hundred pictures just to pick one. Mm -hmm. I wonder, and, and maybe this is something you've thought about, do you think that some people who just don't know a lot about hunting are just kind of afraid of it because they're worried about how they might appear to somebody else yeah, who doesn't understand it? They might think hunting is something that their family or their friends or their like the people that they're close with might not like it, so they don't want to go out and try it and then have their like their friends or whatever like 
say bad stuff about them for going out and trying hunting. Part of it may just be that they could potentially feel like an outcast, right? Yes. And that's as a as a young person. Or I remember when I used to be young. You don't you don't want to be an outcast <laughs> no. ever, right? It's yeah. hard. Yeah. So let me let me transition to this because um, this is something that really stood out to me on your Facebook page. And uh, I think on your other your other social, maybe it was on your Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. And you you say on there, it turn, turns up multiple times. Be proud of who you are. So what does that really mean to the both of you? Because that's that's your phrase, and yeah. you're you're very clearly proud of who you are, and you wear it well. So in your words, um, I think that means whoever your character might be, that's you. You don't have to um, you don't have to act like someone else to um, get people to like you. You need to um, be yourself. Yeah, just be yourself, follow through with what you like and what you want to do in life and not go go towards anyone else's direction. Um, Be happy with like what your life you have now. Be happy with that and be happy with um, what's going on for you in the future. And be happy with who you are like just be yourself sometimes it's simple as that right and and it sounds so simple but but a lot of people struggle with that right and I think social media probably doesn't help because you're always (laughs) trying to aspire to be what someone else appears to be on social media so um, but it appears that you've got that figured out and you're you're already thinking about your future and college and all those big things and here you are at SHOT Show so you're I don't know where you find the time you seem very busy but you seem to you seem to keep it together, and it's, I think it's it's really fun to watch how excited that you two are, are getting about yeah. this. And also, you are being ambassadors already, so hopefully, continue to give you opportunities to do yeah. that and, and get the word out. So, um, with that, anything else you just want to add about your whole experience here with, with Shot Show, and anything else you haven't seen yet you're excited to see, and do you hope to come back someday? Yeah, it's definitely an experience that I would like to um, be involved with more and more like um be able to be invited back next year and the following years to come because i like what i see i like the people that are here because we all have a um like if we all have a dream we all have a bond of hunting or the community that involves like what really is hunting like i think it's a great experience that we've been able to uh experience or uh that we've been able to uh, come to and hopefully hopefully you guys get a chance to come as well <laughs> yeah and I think what you said you wrapped it up beautifully I, I, I couldn't have said it better and that is it's a bond right yeah and that's what the outdoors really is all it's it's the, like I said it's the least part of it is the taking of game that's great but it's the bonds and the life experience that are created and you guys are well on your way creating those life experiences so uh, thank you. I think you said this is the first podcast you've been a part of. You yes. did uh, you did amazing. You <laughs> did a you. great job, and I knew you would. So uh, thank you for being on it, and uh, I know our listeners are going to enjoy this as well. And best, best wishes to you going forward. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. You're welcome. I think you'll agree with me that that was just a really great interview. Talking, You, you had no idea that I was talking to teenagers in that interview, I don't think. And it was, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because they are twins and they look identical and they sound identical. So it might have been difficult. I guess I could have done a better job of letting you know who was talking when, but uh, just a great interview. And I just want to stress again, the importance of asking young people how to attract other young people to the outdoors, because we do fail at that. And I just thought their answers were excellent. 
I think it's really sad how few people get the type of experience that Morgan and Mason are getting as they grow up. And I think that's the type of thing that leads to anti-hunting sentiment. And it's just because people, they don't have the experience. They just don't get it. And they easily fall victim to some of the rhetoric that the anti-hunting crowd throws around. Uh, I'm thankful for Morgan and Mason and especially their parents for bringing them up with an outdoor lifestyle. And I hope to hear much more from the Baisley twins in the coming years as they do become ambassadors of our sport. And I think they're going to wear that well. Uh, so what's coming up? It's a busy week for me ahead. I got a trip down to Dallas, Texas early in the week for a meeting that I hope I can tell you more about soon, uh, but I'll just leave it at that for now. I'm kicking around the idea of uh, trying to fill my last deer tag as this is the last week of deer season here in Ohio. Archery season runs, I think, till February 4th and um, maybe maybe get out there and get some fresh air and at least take in some nature anyway, regardless if I fill a tag or not. And I'm also trying to get my friend, my, my good friend and hunting buddy, Mike Groman, on the show for the next episode as I continue to work through some technology challenges. And this is the second episode, and I'm far from an expert at this. And I think I warned you in the first one that I'll probably make a lot of mistakes, but hope to get better as we go along. But I uh, want to work those things out and get Mike on the show. And really, really looking forward to, to talking with him and sharing some of our stories with you and there's, there are so many, we could have a hundred shows, I think, uh, just talking about our stories. So I want to make that happen. But ultimately, I want to thank you again for listening. Uh, if you've come back and listened to the second episode, that's good. We're on the right track here together. And I hope you'll come back for more. So again, thank you for listening to the Red Dog Road podcast. Be sure to make it a great week. Thank you for listening to the Red Dog Road podcast. If you like what you heard here, please consider subscribing and telling your friends. You can also visit the website and blog at reddogroad.net.